Steve Spratling. Steve Spratling. He'll show you movies that you've never seen. <laughs> that, that's all I could come up with. Nah, that was really good. <laughs> it was a shorty but a goodie. Welcome, listeners, <laughs> to Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie review podcast in all of the land. Here with the host with the most, me, good old Uncle Ben, and who's that handsome lad I've got on the other end of this phone call? A booty, 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 rocking everywhere. <laughs> Remember that? Bubba Sparks? Is that an answer? Uh, yeah, it's me, Steven Spratling. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> How you been doing out there in them Hollywood Hills this week, Steve? I'm pretty great. Uh, I don't know if you heard this. <laughs> there was a TMZ video I saw yesterday. Yeah. Uh, apparently, DMX in rehab has gained 40 pounds, so apparently he's bulking up to fight us. No way! Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's bulking up, man. He oh, wants to. He wants to. I guess maybe like a, a prison yard fight or something. That would be an interesting. Have they ever done that as a wrestling match? A prison, prison yard, yard match? Fight? Oh, I'd be yeah. so on board with that, man. I wonder yeah. if he's gotten so fat that his belly sticks out so much that he can't see if he's got blood on his dick anymore. Oh, man, that would be a shame. I think I might have blood on my dick. I did fuck a corpse. <laughs> Maybe. I did I did very recently fuck a corpse, so I likely have blood on my dick. <laughs> it's hard to wash all the folds, so it's probably still there. <laughs> X yeah. gonna give it to him with a little extra heft this time, huh? Yeah. Did, wait, did you say he's in prison? Uh, he's he's in rehab. He's probably going to prison for tax evasion. Sick. Soon. Yeah. Well, the old Wesley Snipes, I see. Well, you know, I mean, you gotta evade those taxes. They're no good, right? <laughs> what do they pay for? Yeah, really. Who uses a road anyway? I don't. <laughs> That's cool, man. So things been going well for you over there? Yeah, I've been having a good week. Uh, the wife and I, we finally got our movie pass cards oh, yesterday. Yeah, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go see it. Uh, I think tomorrow I might go see. Uh, what is that uh, Jennifer Lawrence movie, Mother? Is oh yeah, I want to see that. I've heard that it's fucked up. Yeah, I've heard that too. So probably gonna go see that tomorrow. Um, I've heard from dumb people that didn't like it, so it's probably good. Right. Every Darren Aronofsky movie is way above your head. Yeah, dummies. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I'd like to check it out. So you guys are going to go see it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's going to be the Thursday night date. My wife has weird nights off, so she it changes every week. It's very irritating. I was wondering if you'd seen it yet, man. I, I really did dig it. I've been meaning to go see it a second time, but still haven't. But, you know, now I really want to go see Mother, and, of course, I'm dying to go see Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, not doing great at the box office. It I hear. is, but it's like everybody that I know that's seen it has, like, seen it twice and said that it's fucking unbelievable. Huh. And, I you know, awesome. I, I love the original. That's one of my favorite flicks ever is the original Blade Runner. Yeah, and, uh, Blade Runner's awesome. Yeah, it seems like everybody that I know that like loves the original is also totally nuts over the sequel here. So I'm really That's awesome. stoked to see that. Have you been watching anything else good? Oh, um, let's see. Oh man, I got nothing. Nothing came to mind. Sick. The second that I started talking, it was like, eh. I've been no. watching a ton of Fuck stuff you. lately. Do you, you want me to see if I can jog your memories? Yeah, see if you can jog my memories. So, uh, man, first of all, i got to tell you, I'm sipping on a absolutely divine beer right now that I purchased earlier. Oh, yeah? It's the Stone Vengeful Spirit IPA. 
Ah, I like some stone IPAs. Uh, haven't had the Vengeful Spirit. It is easily the best stone beer that I have had, without a doubt. Really? Yeah, it's fucking okay. awesome. It's like seven, I think seven point two percent, and it's an unfiltered IPA with pineapple and mandarin juice. Sounds delicious. It's fucking awesome. It's really like a very west coasty kind of ride. Uh-huh. So it's probably similar to what you get from a lot of local places out there. It's fucking great. Um, but this weekend, my my main man, my number one best bud of all time, old Josh Rogers, old Jr., who I've mentioned several uh-huh. times. Uh, I've known him literally since birth. Okay. Um, he got he got himself hitched over the weekend. He had a little marriage. Ooh, boy. Friday was the rehearsal day, and it was an all-day thing. And then Saturday was the wedding, and we were there literally all day and all night helping put it up and take it down. So Sunday, uh-huh. uh, Kate and I literally did not leave the couch. It was just like, let's just fucking do nothing all day and, like, eat. That's the best. Yeah, we just ate and, like, drank champagne and watched movies all, oh, man. all fucking day. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> so we caught a whole lot of our, our favorite Halloween uh, classics, several of which I mentioned on our Trick or Treat episode, we sat down and watched Hocus Pocus. Awesome. Which is still the jam of jams. So fun to watch. Have you heard they're maybe remaking it? Oh, no. See, I've been hearing, like, sequel rumors, but now they're talking remakes? Well, I mean, they're not... They don't think they're going to get the original cast back, so... Oh, no. Basically just gonna be a remake yeah that's garbage man so we watched that we watched uh texas chainsaw massacre awesome my god what a rough and tumble movie that is <laughs> it's just oh man it's not like dude it's one of those ones that i know that's one of your all-time jams right yeah mm-hmm. absolutely one of my number one favorite movies it's absolutely unbelievable and so unflinchingly brutal but dude it's it's not like a fun watch. Like, it's not one of those ones that, like, I have a good time when I watch it. Like, when I watch, a, you know, a Freddy or a Jason or something like that, when it's like, oh, this is fun. Um, Texas Chainsaw is not fun, to me, anyway. No. No, it, it's not. It's not a fun romp at all. It's uh, it's really taxing, and, boy, it's it'll really get you. Uh, like, yeah. you, don't, you don't feel good about humanity after watching it. No, uh-uh. No, definitely not, man. It's a, it's an incredible movie. We'll have to cover it on the show sometime, too, to chat oh, about yeah. it. And then we watched Paranorman, kind of lighten the mood up a little bit. Awesome. Which I love so much. It's such a good flick. And then um, Kate was falling asleep on the couch, so I was going to practice guitar and put up some more Halloween decorations and stuff. So I put on Underworld, which I hadn't seen for several years. Oh, gosh. Okay, let me hear your opinion, because we actually... I was just going to say, we recently watched Underworld, and I had never seen it Oh, gosh. Before. It's not very good at all. Um, no, it's bad. It's real, real bad. Why in the fuck is it two hours and 14 minutes long? It's so long, and it's so... Like, I, I hate movies that are still giving you exposition in, like, the third act. When you're, like, oh, yeah. 15 minutes from the end, you're still getting exposition. It's like, come on. Shut it down, like, boys. Yeah, if, if the world takes that much to set up, maybe write a novel. Like, don't make a movie. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, man. It was one of those ones that, like, I remembered liking okay and just being like, yeah, whatever, it's vampires and werewolves and Kate Beckinsale uh, and a leather suit. I'm like, okay, this will be fun. Wasn't very fun. Yeah, it's not. I, I wish it was. Yeah. Like, I... 
while watching it, because my wife has read the the Twilight books. Oh God. While watching it, like. I kept asking her, is that in Twilight? And it was like, almost every time I asked it, like, yeah, that's in Twilight. So like, it basically was the primer for Twilight in a lot of ways. <laughs> and that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing at all. Yeah, I, I totally did not enjoy it. I remember thinking that the second one was more fun because I remember it being pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, well, we're going to watch it. Like, I... I... If if a whole uh, movie series is available to stream, and I believe those are all on Hulu, um, I, we're gonna watch them. Uh, yeah. But after after watching that first one, I was just like, oh gosh, I don't feel like that. I don't know what you could do in the next one for me to enjoy it. Yeah. But it, I I do know there's a lot more like uh, fighting and stuff. There in is. The second one. There's a lot of fighting and and like I said, if I recall, a lot of really unflinchingly brutal violent stuff that was pretty okay. pretty pretty fun to watch at least. So maybe at least you'll you'll dig the violence. And then uh, actually just a second ago before we started our our show here, uh, Kate decided recently that she has not seen enough of the Halloween movie. So we're gonna try to watch through as many of those as we oh. can this season. So we watched the original. A week or two ago, and uh, she'd never awesome. seen Halloween two, and okay. so we watched the Halloween two, which I think that I had started it several months ago, and then like fallen asleep or something. Uh huh. So I think this is the first time I'd really like watched it. Watched it. I don't love it. Halloween two. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, it wasn't. I don't. There was no intention for it to exist, and no. Uh, when that happens, a lot of times it's gonna be a bit creatively dry because the people involved don't want to be doing it yeah mike myers skulking around a neighborhood with a butcher knife versus him skulking around hospital with a surgical tool it's pretty yeah. easy to figure out which one's cooler <laughs> it had some cool deaths in it i like when he like boiled that chick in the the sauna thing that was pretty cool uh-huh yeah and i they they kind of copied that on jason takes manhattan oh yeah that's right yeah that's such a bad movie, Jason. Oh Takes god, Manhattan. dude! <laughs> it is. It is a fucking riot. Yeah, Halloween two, man. It's just like they did all this stuff with Jason, and it's like, well, like I've mentioned before, it doesn't make it cooler to know Jason's backstory. It doesn't make it cooler. No. To know that Laurie's his sister, it's like that. That makes it no. less cool to me. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want backstory. I want the. I want the. You know, slasher villain to be a monolith. I want him to just be like a, a yep. bad person that kills and is scary. Yeah, the exactly. End. And it makes it cool, too, that Lori was just another victim who happened to survive because she pays attention and watches shit. But it's like, yeah. she's not just another victim. She's his sister. And then you're like, mm -hmm. well, wait, then why did he kill all them other girls? Yeah, well, what was the point of everything if he's just trying to get to his sister? Like, Yeah. I mean, it, if he just wanted to kill, and it, it doesn't set up that he particularly wants to kill women because he kills uh, two guys yeah. in the first one. He kills, I guess, two women, three women. I'm not sure. Um, actually, he kills three guys. Yeah, so you're right. it's pretty much an even uh, distribution of his uh, victims. Equal opportunity murderer. Yeah, but like he kills the tow truck driver because he wants uh, his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> he he kills all the other people for no reason and he's after Lori. Yeah. Like 
if if he's just a killer who kills for no reason, that's scarier than if he's just trying to find his sister. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I completely agree. So, yeah, I won't be watching that again anytime soon. I'm excited to watch Season of the Witch, you know, Halloween 3. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. I mean, it's not, um, it's not a great movie, but I really like... Because it really defies the expectation that there's going to be another Michael Myers movie. It's completely different, out of left field, and such yeah. a weird story. Yeah, totally so. I feel like it's kind of like the... It's to the Halloween franchise what, like, Load and Reload are to the Metallica canon, where it's like, uh-huh. okay, it was not what you were expecting, so you hated it, but now you can kind of... You can go back to Load and Reload and be like, there's some pretty good tunes on there. It's not the best ever, but... There's some no. decent jams on there, but it's just wasn't what you're expecting, so you hated it. I feel like people have really come around to Halloween three. Although I know some people that still just fucking hate it. Yeah, I, after three, gosh, it's pretty it's pretty devoid of of a whole lot of uh, story and interestingness. <laughs> I've seen it's one or two of them. Yeah, I saw the one with like yeah. Paul Rudd in it. Is that five or six? Oh gosh, I don't remember. It's not <laughs> very good. I remember which one Paul Rudd's in. Yeah. Um, it's actually, I mean, if you're going to watch them all, once you get through, uh, four, five, six, H2O, uh, the remakes will be a lot better to you. Yeah. Cause you'll be like, oh, well, at least it's something closer to the original. <laughs> at least there's some <laughs> idea of, uh, you know, Michael Myers just being this, uh, wicked killer type of guy right. instead of there being tons of weird motivation that doesn't make much sense no uh uh-uh. yeah I'm looking forward to getting into cause I haven't seen all of them either so I look forward to watching them I'm just gonna keep my expectations pretty low going into it um Ben this is a thought I had and this has uh really nothing to do with anything we're talking about at this point okay but um so there recently was another Star Wars, uh, The Last Jedi, uh, promo released. Yeah. I don't watch, uh, I, I don't like to watch previews generally, and so I haven't watched it. Okay. But, um, <laughs> people seem to be pretty excited about it, and that's great. A lot of people are upset about the Porgs. The Porgs. What is a Porg. Uh, it's a cutesy little, oh. basically like an Ewok type yeah, of thing. Yeah, there's like this little Furby looking fucking thing in it. Yeah, um, and I, I've been thinking about this because uh, I've been uh, friends with tons of huge Star Wars fans. And what I have discovered finally in my mind, it, it all came together, that Star Wars fans think that at some point they had something special that nobody else had. Yeah. And they forget the fact that the original Star Wars movies were the biggest fucking movies ever. Everybody yeah. saw them. You don't have anything special. You have something everybody saw. <laughs> like it would be like it would be like if the new Transformers movie came out and people were like, "I'm OG Transformers, man. I like the original stuff. You know, the cartoon yeah. based on the toy." Uh, what are you talking about? Like, uh, you're, 
That's insane. You're talking about some d huge capitalistic money grab as though it like has this real deep connection to you. Yeah. Everybody likes Star Wars. You're saying like what people like like it's like talking about? a unique experience that they had or something. Yeah. Yeah, well, because you know the names of, you know, all the bounty hunters and stuff. Uh, oh, you're you're more special than the person who just watches it and enjoys it. Like, <laughs> get over it, man. <laughs> like, and the Porgs, it's like, well, goddamn, the, the movies have always been about selling toys. Yeah, totally, that's yeah. It. Yeah, they're merchandise so, machines. Yeah, because that's what George Lucas was getting. That's where his money was coming from. He got them to give him all the merchandising rights uh, in lieu of, you know, a larger salary, salary, and he assumed it would work out because he had a good story, and it did. Oh, yeah. And after that, it became about how many fucking cool-looking characters can we throw in the background so I can sell more toys. Yeah, that some kid will want to buy. Yeah. I, I don't know, like... <laughs> I, I... You know, I understand... Star Wars uh, really does, like, it, it has those elements that make you, uh, you know, uh, think about yourself and, and, and feel like you're the hero. Like, it puts you into the hero mindset and you feel like you're right along with them. Yeah. And so it is, it is a special feeling. But it's not a unique feeling. That's Everyone's true. Everyone's having it. Yeah. Everyone watching it is enjoying it because of that same thing. So filling your mind with more and more Star Wars trivia doesn't make you a better Star Wars fan. It just means you know more about Star Wars. <laughs> but everybody <laughs> likes Star Wars. <laughs> Goodbye, every geek who listened to our show. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I would love to hear everyone's opinion on uh, whether or not Star Wars is unique and special to you. Well, you know, Steve, I think while you're on the subject of, of making apologies here, we've... Oh, man. We've got okay. to make some apologies happen right here. The extent <sighs> of our podcasting powers, the reach and the scope of our predictive uh, yeah. magical ways that we have here on the show have, have once again struck in a in a very dark way. Uh, as you guys who listen to the show regularly might know, we usually record this several weeks in advance of when they come out. And uh, there's been a lot of times, especially with Steve here, where he's uh, <laughs> he's maybe made a joke about, like, let's say, fighting Ric Flair. And then, and Rick, then Flair, Rick Flair ends up in the hospital. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's been a whole lot of other things like that that have happened recently. And uh, one such thing that just... Man, Steve, we gotta learn how to control our fucking powers, dude. Or use I know, them for dude. the ways I of know. good. Uh, I think it was on our Chucky episode there, our Child's Play episode. Steve was, uh, you're kind of talking some smack about Delilah. Well, I went off on Delilah. Uh, I challenged her to a hair versus hair match. It's true. Um, you know, and, and she's, she's, I guess, since some news came out, unfortunately, that her son committed suicide. Yep. Uh, I would think somebody will probably think it was in bad taste. Now, first off, we recorded it before her son committed suicide. We did. And second off, these is jokes, y'all. Um, I just like I just wish that we could really extend the use of our podcast powers for good. It's like as much shit as we yeah. talked about Victor Salva. Why can't he get his like fucking dick cut off or something? <laughs> as much shit oh as we God. talked about Donald Trump. Why can't? Oh. 
Oh my yeah, god, exactly. why can't he get a bowler or something? Yeah, like what if uh what if next week I mean for us in, in current time, not in future time, next week uh, we we read Victor Salva's dick cut off, and then we have to release this episode, and people will be like, "Wait, oh, they totally what? did it! <laughs> they did it!" <laughs> we got to learn how to use our powers responsibly. Sorry, you know, Delilah. Sorry for your loss. Yeah. That really that, yeah, sucks. that we, sucks. We did not mean to to, to poke fun at that after uh, or sorry before the fact of that happening there. Yeah, the hair versus hair match still stands. Oh yeah, no, it's happening. Right after that, I'm having a, a slobber knocker brawl with Donald Trump. <laughs> JR's calling it. Fuck oh, yeah. slobber. This is a barn burner. Hey, damn near took his head off. Bell's palsy. Oh, man, he had them palsies, <laughs> didn't he? Uh-huh. He, he released a book recently. No way. Yeah, I'd be interested in reading it. I'd love to read that. He's an interesting dude. Well, you know, Steve, I want to, uh, I want to bring up a little movie to discuss here that features an all-star cast in a mm-hmm. in a very gritty aesthetic yeah that features a a maniac killer who has a flair for the dramatic that okay. kills his victims based on punishments that seem to befit their their ways that they have in life it has a really right. ho- really horrific iconic twist ending mm-hmm. uh, but enough about seven let's talk about saw uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we could talk about so. Okay. <laughs> fine. Fine. What's in the box? What's in the box? We're we're gonna be talking about the original Saw today. Uh, this week, as this podcast airs, we've got Jigsaw coming out, which I guess is somewhat of a a prequel to the Saw franchise, correct? Oh, thank God. Yeah, I was dying to know more <laughs> about this shit. Are you gonna go see it? Uh, yeah, I I absolutely will go see it because I've seen all the Saw movies, and again, I have movie pass, so. Yeah. It's basically free. Um, yeah, I'll go see it. And uh, I've I've seen all the Saw movies. I I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I I, I only recently saw them. Uh, I think maybe uh, about a month ago, my wife and I had sat down and watched them all. But like, uh, they're not good. You kind of remind me of the guy who's like going to Subway every week and trying every sub on the board, and, and yeah, it's like, do you really love? Finally, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, do you love Subway? And it's like, no, it's it's really subpar. It's not very good. But mm-hmm. I've gone this far. I've got at least get yeah. to fucking chicken teriyaki <laughs> or whatever. Maybe the Italian BMT will be good. Yo, it is. I'm gonna tell you is that. It? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's Subway good. Subway eat fresh, kind of. You know, it's. You know what? They do. They they eat fresh over there at Subway. So ish. I fresh ish. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna be talking about Saw in preparation for the Jigsaw sequel here. Um, I've only seen the first one. I have not seen any oh, of the other God. ones. Oh God! Right, man. Um, you you don't need to see them necessarily, but yeah. Uh, should should I hold back on any potential spoilers for the future ones? No, because like, it's not gonna like rivet me or anything like that. I'm not okay, like good. I have to know what happens and experience it realistically, surprised for the first time ever. Nah. Honestly, like all of the Saw movies could be boiled down and told as a straight story mm-hmm. in probably two to three movies. <laughs> 
but instead they just extended that shit. And My there's God. so many fucking you know you know how in this movie I think there are at least four flashbacks to events that are occurring in the movie you're fucking watching. Dude, there's flashbacks inside of flashbacks in this shit. Well, yeah. Oh well, in the sequels. Well, that's all it is Ugh. for some movie. Well, some of them, it's like all it is is fucking flashbacks inside of flashbacks over flashbacks. It's ridiculous. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> I've reached the appropriate age at which I feel like retiring from this shit. <laughs> that's what I had hoped he... I hoped they would get an I'm getting too old for this shit line into here. Something like that. I was just really hoping that there would be a scene where we saw him in his apartment doing some Danny Glover Pilates. <laughs> you remember when he was pimping that stuff? Yeah. Yes, I do. The old Danny Glover Pilates, man. Danny, Danny Glover. This movie was really super, um, made a big old splash. It was very hugely influential for kind of creating yeah. the torture porn genre that spawned mm -hmm. Hostel and a whole bunch of other franchises that just basically fooled people into thinking that they were watching scary movies and they were actually just watching stuff that was gross. Yeah. Uh, not the same. Not the same at all. Uh, no. No, not at all. Uh, it was made for basically nothing and then made a yeah. whole fuck ton of money. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what horror movies do. You yeah. release a horror movie in the right time of year uh, with the right level of promotion, it's going to make way over budget. Uh, it, I, don't, I don't know why Hollywood hasn't caught on entirely to this. Yeah. Because they still treat horror movies like it's like, oh, who gives a shit? But then, like, you know, this with a $1.2 million budget makes $103.9 million. Yeah. The, I think people uh, are watching, you know? Yeah. Paranormal activity. $100,000 budget. It, it ended up making, like, $150 million or something. It's insane. So, like, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, if, if you got a little struggling production company, Make a horror movie. See how it turns out. I just realized the other day that as far as I know, there is still not a best horror movie category in like the Oscars, is there? No, it's That's ridiculous. That's fucked up. It's like, dude, even... It really is. If you have a best heavy metal performance category at the Grammys, yeah. it's like heavy metal has been around way less time than fucking horror movies. Wait, didn't... The first year that they had best heavy metal didn't... Uh, God, who... Jethro Tull beat Metallica. Jethro Tull beat Metallica. <laughs> Jethro Tall? Because what? flute. Because flute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a disgrace, man. But yeah, it really pisses me off to see that, like, obviously, obviously, tons of people go out and see horror flicks. They generate tons of money, and they, partially because they don't cost much to make in most cases. Yeah. And especially now, yeah. too, that, you know, we've seen how big some of the stuff can hit. Like, it, I mean, it has broken all kinds of records mm -hmm. uh, and has generated a ton of money. And it's like, come on, you know? They should start taking this shit seriously at the Oscars and everything. Yeah. Yeah, sci-fi and horror, they've always been looked down on. Yeah. I mean, uh, at least it's gotten past the point where they used to be looked at pretty much like romance novels, like yeah. where it's just like, oh, this is just trash. Yeah, trash. Like, nobody yeah. cares. Uh, and uh, again, I'm not saying romance novels are trash. Uh, I know there's a huge, like, uh, a ton of people who really are into romance novels and say that it's not just lady porn and you know more power to you that's great Boom. but uh uh you know horror and sci-fi have, have made like such a huge impact on everyone yeah 
So like, why? Yeah, why isn't there a particular category at the Oscars? You know, though, honestly, I don't watch award shows or care. No, I don't either. Much really, about no. Fuck no. It's it's either. it's all a money game anyway. Like, they they pay a lot of money to get an Oscar. Like, oh, absolutely. So so uh, who gives a shit? But uh, honestly, there should be more respect for horror movies. This one definitely. I mean, again, this is the best Saw movie. Uh, it's James Wan's worst movie, I would say, mm. for sure. But considering the fact that it was made with a $1.2 million budget, James Wan and writer Lee Wanell were basically just out of uh, film school, and it was made in 18 days. Holy shit, was it really? Yeah, considering oh. all that... Like, James Wan has said that he only got, like, one or two takes for, uh, like, all of it. No and considering, like, how tense everything is and how much, like, you know, yelling and, like, Yeah, high-intensity shit. Yeah, considering that and, you know, the, the final product is great. Yeah, when you put it that way, you know, that's the thing is, like, whether whether, you know, you like it or not, which we'll get into here, I, I cannot help but appreciate... Mm-hmm. how much they did with so little you know because mm-hmm. uh me and some friends have made several different like short films and movie trailers and stuff like that for yeah. you know the horror genre for little contests and stuff uh-huh. and, and so you know we've seen of course on a way smaller scale what it's like to have zero budget and zero time to do something but still if you're creative and you have fun with it and you use what you can and think about you know cool workarounds for special effects and stuff like that you can end yeah. up coming up with some cool stuff, you know? So this movie is kind of like that taken to the utmost, you know, level. Of course, it helps that they, they actually did manage to get a pretty big cast of actors that we'll talk about to help out, which oh, yeah. if you're doing, you know, one or two takes per scene, that's that's kind of essential. You want some pros on the job, I guess. Yeah, yeah you don't want uh, your two shots to get blown by some asshole who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this movie really did make a splash, and it did also solidify uh, the Jigsaw Killer as sort of a uh-huh. horror icon who tortures his victims in a game-like fashion, along with his signature trademark line, Do you want to play a game? Steven, do you do want you to play, play a game? game? I do want to play a game. How about we do one? Let's play horror movie trivia game. All right. So in this, me and Steve here are going to face off against the unknown forces what would confront us on the internet, questioning our horror movie trivia knowledge powers. Now, I chose this this play buzz quiz specifically because it only has 14 questions. I did not look at any of the questions beforehand because that would be cheating. So this may be the hardest quiz in the world, or it may be a real uh, jack-off quiz. So let's let's just find out. Let's here. find out about it. Let's uh go ahead and shoot all of our credibility to hell. Yeah, <laughs> pregunta number one: Alfred Hitchcock filmed the interior sequences of the Bates House in Psycho on the stage of what famous horror film? Holy goddamn it! I don't know. Whoa, I don't know uh, either. <laughs> all right, um, we have. Phantom of the Opera, okay. Old Dark House, House of Wax, or Frankenstein. Hmm. Now I'm thinking it's probably not Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Because 
I, you know, I don't know though. Never mind. I, I would say it's probably House of Wax. I thought that's kind of what I was thinking too, because the other ones yeah. seem like they would be much grander locations. Let's see if we got that yeah. one. House of Wax. Oh, it is Phantom of the Opera. God damn it! <laughs> Off to a hot start. Yeah, we're really doing it. Okay. <laughs> that's kind of a deep cut question. That okay? That kind of pulled okay. the rug out from under me. Yeah. Uh, apparently, this uh, gives us a little fact here. In Psycho, only two sides of the base ha Bates house were actually constructed. Huh. The left and the front. So, that's cool. Alright, so, in total, how much screen time did Anthony Hopkins receive as Dr. Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs? Okay. Jesus Christ. Actually, I did read this recently. Oh, good. Uh, 12 minutes, 10 minutes, 16 minutes... 14 minutes what, what 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 would you say i want to say it's either 10 or 12 yeah i was thinking it's it's definitely low let's go with 12 and we are we're totally wrong Damn 16 it. minutes Fuck. jesus christ so yeah wow he really that's uh, a hard that's a really hard question yeah we're we're totally blowing our uh horror movie credibility all to hell yeah i think that people so, out there is gonna sympathize these are some hard fucking questions yeah if you're answering all these you should start a fucking horror podcast <laughs> absolutely one that might compete with ours but then we'll probably beat you in a barbed wire match and then you'll have to retire i bet delilah is listening and just like smoking these questions she isn't she's like man i'm gonna take these dudes out I wish that Delilah would start a horror podcast and all she covers is like the most fucked up. Like first episode is like Serbian film. Episode two is like martyrs. <laughs> like it's just nothing oh, but God. the most rugged. She even covers snuff films and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is Delilah talking about a movie in which a girl is killed while someone has sex with her. I'm here to review this ISIS beheading video. <laughs> this is Delilah. Now, oh. Do you notice how when his head gets cut off, it blood spurts onto the camera? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what was the actual name of Ghostface's costume in Scream? Okay. God damn it. Father Death. Mm -mm. Brother Death. Mm. Ghostface Killer. Casper. Gosh. <laughs> Seriously. These are brutal, dude. Yeah, they are. I, uh, God, uh, I would say maybe... Casper? I don't know. I kind of want to just say Ghostface Killer. Okay, let's go with Ghostface Killer. Might be a tricky question. Oh, man. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Ghostface Killer, what is your deal, buddy? No, he he was called Father Death Seriously? on the set. Yeah. Nobody ever told me. That's not fair. <laughs> All right. So, oh, my God. Ben, this is... <laughs> We're just getting just publicly stomped. This is one we might get. Okay. How how many of people associated with The Exorcist died during the film's year-long shoot? Uh, couple, two, three? Is that an answer? Uh, it says five, none, nine, two. I'd say think five. It, okay, I, I think it was two, though, because okay. I know that the guy who played... Uh, you know the the alcoholic guy. He died while it was filming. Didn't the help guy, the like Nazi guy, didn't he yeah, die? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. All right, I'm gonna might say right. might be two. I'm gonna say two. Okay. I I am, and 
It is nine. Nine <laughs> Whoa, people. Nine people? Jesus Christ. Holy fuck. That's a lot. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I was right. The guy who played Burke Dennings died, but also the lady who played the uh, the plate of Spanakopita, she died too. Oh, yeah. That's... Old Granny. Oh, and she has the Greekest name of all time. Vasiliki Maliaros. She might have been dead while they were filming that stuff, dude. It's it's really it weekend weekend at Noni's slash The Exorcist. Yo, I'm telling y'all, if you guys want to hear a podcast that makes us sound like we know what we're talking about, go listen to our our Exorcist episode. I've I've gotten so many glowing reviews for that one about, um, you know, busting that movie wide open for some folks. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to regain your respect for us, check that one out. Not to toot our own horn, but yeah, that's a good episode. Hey, you know what? They're all good episodes. Yeah. We kick ass. This one's questionable so far. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> In Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, yes. the town of Santa Myra, Mira, Santa Mira, derives its name from the town of what other famous film? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. In Invasion of Astro Monster, The Fog, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Thing from Another World. I mean, it's, it's, oh, God, I don't know. I mean, okay, so we, the fog is John Carpenter. John Carpenter, so that'd be a good trip. The thing from another world is one of his favorite movies, and of course he made the thing. Yeah. Uh, based off of it. Uh, but this theme of Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, I think, goes best with Invasion of the Body Snatcher. It does. So, what do you think, Ben? I mean, the fog was my first was my first guess because of the carpenter yeah. tie. Yeah. I I don't remember the name of that town at all. I so don't either. Let's go with the fog. Okay. And we are wrong. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it was Invasion of the Body Snatcher. Fuck, man. You were right. Eh, whatever. Okay. Fuck this quiz. Uh, in the early 1980s, the United Kingdom's National Viewers and Listeners Association banned a number of famous horror films on the grounds of obscenity. They were commonly referred to as video nasties. Which one of the following films were not banned and or censored? Oh, were not banned. Fuck, dude. Uh-huh. The, la- the Last House on the Left. I'm pretty positive that one that was banned. That would have to be. Jeez. Uh, Suspiria. The House by the Cemetery, which I don't know, or mm. Zombie 2. Zombie 2 is definitely on the list. Yeah. That's out. Last House on the Left is definitely on the list. I'm pretty positive Suspiria is too. So let's go with House by the Cemetery. Okay. This might be our first correct answer. It was Suspiria. Fuck, Fucking hell. Seriously? <laughs> That's insane that it was never labeled as a video nasty considering all the blood in that movie. Yeah, no, needles and eyeballs and fucking hanging and there's an open heart that gets stabbed in that movie. Yeah. Um, Alright, so th- maybe we'll get this one. What is Michael Myers' middle name? Audrey? I don't, okay. <laughs> Thomas? William? Anthony? Maybe Anthony? I don't know. God, dude, these <sighs> are some deep pulls. I'm, 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 I'm going with Anthony. God damn it, it was Audrey. Seriously, what? his middle name is Audrey? Jeez, that makes him far less intimidating. It really does. <laughs> Audrey? What if what if uh whenever Loomis is trying to get his attention instead of calling him Michael, he just went, Audrey! Like <laughs> And then he's just kinda like his shoulders slope down. He's like, God damn it, I told you not to call me my middle name. Hey, that's not cool, guy. <laughs> wow. What were the intestines in Day of the Dead made of? 
pig intestines, latex rubber, cow intestines, expanding foam. Those are pig intestines. I'm quite sure I know this one. Okay, I'm going with that one too. Hey, we got this one Fuck right. Yeah, dude. They Woo. were like, they were, um, they were stored in a refrigerator. And apparently, yeah. like, a fucking janitor, like, pulled the plug on the refrigerator while he was sleeping, uh, sweeping one night. And they, oh, God. Yeah, they all sat in there, like, rotted and got all fed and stuff. But basically, the casting call for zombies was just an open call. And they're like, hey, uh, you can be in the movie, but you got to kind of chomp down on these rotting fucking pig guts. Oh. People did it, too. Yeah, people do anything to be in a movie, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think in return, all they got was, like, a t-shirt that said, like, I was in Day of the Dead. <laughs> for real. I would love to have that t-shirt, though, honestly. Worth it. We're totally worth it. Actually, the fact that came up is exactly what you just said, so... Yeah. Hey, all right. <laughs> in the Friday the 13th film, which state houses Camp Crystal Lake? I'm pretty positive on this one, I, that it's New Jersey. Yes, yeah, Jersey. Uh, yeah, New Jersey, New Mexico, New Hampshire, New York. I'm. It's New Jersey, and we're correct again. Oh, I see. Now, like that's that's a question that people can answer. God damn, these other ones are just deep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we'll get this one too. What was the original title of the Evil Dead? Uh, Book of, Book the, of dead. the Dead. Uh huh. The Deadites, N Night of the Demons, or Deep in the Woods. Yeah. Book of Is the Dead. Is it Book of the Dead? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're correct again. Dude, look at this hot streak we on. He's on fire! <laughs> oh my god, my hand's on fire! <laughs> Before Donald Pleasance was cast as Sam Loomis in uh -huh. John Carpenter's Halloween, which horror icon was originally considered for the role? I know this for sure, and I'm positive we said it I think it, it was Halloween. Christopher Lee, It was, it? it was Christopher okay. Lee. Yeah, and Tight. we were right. Yep, Yeah. it was Christopher Lee. Um, let's see, which one, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back to being fucked again? This no, this is just a, a visual one. Uh, which one of these famous slashers has accumulated the highest body count? That's not visual. I don't know why I said that. Uh, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, or Leatherface? I'm quite sure it's Jason. Yeah, because Leather Leatherface's kill count is, is pretty low, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Jason, too, and it's probably just because he's had more movies than Freddy, but... Yeah, I yeah. want to say that he had a total of, like, damn, by some estimates, like, 300-something kills or something crazy it's like actually that. actually 156, it says here. Wow, okay, cool. It says... Okay, so that was the last one. We are horror novices. <laughs> <laughs> Does that say, good enough to host a podcast, but that's about all? Yeah, people shouldn't take you seriously or anything. <laughs> I mean, I gotta tell you, that that was not easy. I think that we held our own pretty well on mm. that, considering the depth of some of those questions. I mean, how many fucking minutes is Anthony Hopkins on screen? Come on. What yeah. are the fucking Rain That's Man questions? <laughs> what if they were Rain Man? What if you got them all right and it was like, you are Rain Man. Go hang out with your brother, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> That was tough. Well, is that a spoiler? Isn't that a setup for Rain Man? <laughs> it might be. Spoilers for the setup of Rain Man. <laughs> Somebody will watch the first couple of minutes of Rain Man and be like, "Fuck, it's ruined." Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Speaking of stuff being ruined, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the appeal of Saw comes with what a lot of people find is that super, super ultra twist ending and stuff, which actually was ruined for me in advance oh really yeah so okay. I, I watched this for the first time probably probably like three years ago two or three years ago uh-huh and so i kind of already knew what was up and obviously for listening to this 
talking about this fucking 13 year old you know movie um spoilers but somebody had told me that you know the dead guy in the middle was alive the whole time and stuff yeah so i didn't have that great kind of shock and awe sort of moment what was the first time that you watched this movie uh you know it was about a month ago oh Um, wow you hadn't seen it at all before that no i i don't like torture porn horror movies and um i would say this isn't one honestly like this movie it doesn't fit the torture porn level that say hostel or the later saw movies or like it it like the way that i understand torture porn and and i understand why this is lumped in with it but is that just like with any porn is that you want to see the torture right and and that's not exactly what happens in this movie no you don't exactly see torture you see people in real like scary situations etc but there it's only you know for 30 seconds to a minute at most in the movie and there's not like this focus on their pain or anything no. like the the guy crawling through the razor wire we don't watch him crawl through the razor wire yeah you just see the aftermath yeah there's flashes of it and, and again that has to do with the low budget and the fact that you know they couldn't afford to do too many uh extreme practical effects right which you know that i think everything in this is practical uh again because they didn't have the money to pay for cgi totally uh so yeah like this is torture porn in the sense that like if they had had the budget they probably would have shown more but because they didn't have the budget it's it's borderline to me well you know the the issue that i kept coming up with as i was watching it here and thinking about it afterwards but you know how we were talking about when we were talking about trick-or-treat we're like is this an anthology movie because if this is an anthology movie then pulp fiction is an anthology movie that kind of thing yeah if, yeah is this a horror movie because if this is a horror movie then seven is a horror movie uh it's not seven's not a horror movie i i don't um this is a thriller that's what i thought too it's like a crime psychological thriller kind of yeah. thing seven is fucked up to the max dude and i, I know. love that movie but it's not horror like no there's a distinguishing line and maybe like there should be a thriller like horrific thriller category where it's like it is a thriller but you're gonna see some crazy shit right um which is definitely what this is it's a thriller and you're gonna see some crazy shit but it's it's not it's not gonna scare you in the way uh that yeah it's gonna stick with you like you're gonna think if i was in that insane situation what would i do there's way more messed up stuff and graphic stuff in like silence of the lambs honestly yeah yeah and silence of the lambs itself is is tough to call horror i would i would say that's still like silence of the lambs is real close to horror but it's still a thriller like it's more of a, a crime thriller so like uh yeah i i'm fine with covering those movies in a horror movie podcast and dealing with it like it's a horror movie but in the end it's it's a thriller yeah i just kind of have a problem seeing this kind of lumped in with the you know you always see it on the list of like most profitable horror franchises of all time and it's like i just don't really know that this is scary which like i mentioned earlier a second ago it's like to me to me being grossed out and squirming in my seat is not scary it's gross yeah yeah like if if you watch say a trauma movie 
like um like Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah. That's not a it's not a horror movie. No. It's it's gross. Oh yeah. But it's not it's not a horror movie. No, huh? You can watch fucking zip popping videos on damn YouTube all day and that's fucking gross, but it's not scary. It's not horror. No. Um but you know, I think that that kind of de- depends on your definition of horror cuz see to me like so many movies that just rely on jump scares and shit like that, that's not scary. That's startling. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I said that a million times talking about horror movies, but to me, that's a big distinction. If I'm alone in my house and my dog barks and it makes me jump, is that horrific? No, it's startling. It's not scary either. I don't go, oh, I'm scared. I just go, mm-hmm. oh, that was startling. And similarly to me, movies like this, it's like, oh, that was gross. That wasn't scary. That was gross. And that would be awful to be in that situation, but it doesn't scare me at all. Yeah, horror movies tend to be broken down in genre in relation to the monster or right. like how the people are getting like killed, the, like slasher or how and the so people. On. Yeah, but may, maybe we do need some deeper sub genres of horror right. to sort of explain, like, so so when you go into a movie, you know, like, oh, this is full of cat scares. Yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, this is a you know a movie where I'm gonna walk away. Uh, doubting the uh, goodness in humanity, like you know, like we need, we need those things, but it almost ruins the movie too. Because yeah. <laughs> like that's the cool thing about horror movies, is you don't, you, like you said, like a movie can easily be spoiled. A horror movie can easily be spoiled, but a real great horror movie can't. Like right. you can't, you can't spoil. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, huh? Like, just have to experience it. What would you say to somebody that would spoil it? Like, yeah, they nothing. die. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> there's a guy with a chainsaw and it's in Texas, I guess. Uh. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a guy wearing a mask made out of human skin. You can see all that on the fucking box art. Like, yeah, <laughs> but you can't spoil it because it it's an experience. But you can easily spoil something like uh, the others was spoiled for me. Sure, Six Sense was spoiled for me. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Uh, I, they were still good. Actually, like I also already knew about what was going on in the Sixth Sense before I saw it. Yeah, they're still good movies. Yeah. but it would have been cool to see that sort of twist occur. Yeah, and you know that's something that again, having not seen the Saw sequels, but to me the whole Jigsaw Killer thing and sort of what makes this movie, I guess, interesting, is the whodunit aspect, like the fact that you're kind of constantly trying to figure out who. The killer yeah. is this entire movie. There's multiple suspects and all this kind of jazz. But, you know, at the end of this movie, when we find out, oh, it's the guy with the brain tumors, John, whatever his name is, uh-huh. it's it's a cool trick, but you can only do it once. Because I guess all the other Saw movies, you kind of know it's him. And somebody told me that, like, eventually he dies and there's, like, some protégés that he has that take over or something. Yeah, they're technically in this movie, too. Yeah, one of them's, like, the bear trap girl or whatever, right? Yeah, Sha- Shawnee Smith, Amanda, she, uh, she's his protégé. She's the one who's, uh, I think she's the one who's wearing the pig mask that kidnaps, um, the, the doctor, whatever his name is, Lawrence. In this um, one. In this one, yeah. Oh, so they go back and re-explain that that was her. Yeah. I've heard they get real convoluted like that. It gets super convoluted, but uh, honestly, this is the first time I've watched Saw again. Like, it's the first time I've re-watched it after seeing all those sequels. Yeah. And honestly, they actually set it all up in this. So, I mean, it is convoluted as shit. And it's like, I don't 
I don't care. I would rather get this story straight. But it, it is all set up in this. Like, you can tell when the person in the pig mask uh, kidnaps the doctor that it's a woman. Huh, okay. Like, you can tell it's not uh, either of the guys that we've seen. You know, uh, Ben Linus. Ben Linus from Lost. That's <laughs> who he uh, is, dude. He's fucking Ben yeah. Linus. Yeah. This movie's full of fucking awesome actors. Like, I was real... going to say, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Because yeah. I hadn't watched this movie in so long that whenever I was watching it the other day, all these actors started popping up that I'd forgotten about. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing in this movie? Like, this movie that had zero budget. How did you get fucking all these people in it? Well, here's the thing. I, as I said, this was shot over 18 days. Danny Glover, all of his scenes were shot in two days. Wow. So... Let's just say you get the call. You're Danny Glover. He he doesn't do a whole lot of work He's now. He's getting too old for this shit. He's too old for this shit. You get a call, Danny Glover. They say, hey, you want to uh, come work for two days and make $30,000? I'm yeah. not too old for that shit. I'm not too old for that shit. <laughs> the, I mean, like, uh, yeah, Carrie Elway's is, is in a lot of it. He's so, the Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, shit. God damn it. We just spoiled that. Um, this is the second week in a row where we've had a Princess Bride character. Tight. Too. Tight. Um, Carrie Elwes is in most of the movie. Yeah. So you're paying him probably the most. I would assume. The other guy across across the dirty-ass bathroom from him is Lee Wanell, the writer of the movie. Now, yeah. Lee Wanell and James Wan... Uh, I I don't know that they got paid anything for this. They the contract they signed they got twenty five percent of the net profits for this movie. So they came out pretty okay. Yeah, I I figured this out. Um, uh, that's around around twenty four million dollars to split. So twelve million each minus you know manager and agent fees, lawyer fees, taxes. Still, you're walking away probably with at least $7 million. You could live comfortably in East Tennessee on that. Yeah, for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, uh, James Lawn and Lee Wanell walked out of this fucking just set. And wow. only done great shit since. I mean, Lee Wanell's written some stuff that's not the best, but he's also worked on uh the insidious projects and okay, yeah. all the other saw movies and stuff so like but james wan is an awesome fucking director what else has like, he done james wan he is responsible for all of the conjuring movies okay he's responsible for the insidious movies he directed fast seven which is the fast and the furious uh where they all become superheroes uh-oh <laughs> It's good. You should watch it. If you've never seen any Fast and the Furious movie, you're even better off. Just <laughs> turn on Fast 7 and just be amazed. I think the I saw the first one and it was so long ago that I'm pretty sure I was wearing jorts and a Quicksilver t-shirt when I watched it. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a good look. It's a good look. Probably still, you know what? Probably still had my smoking bowl cut too. That's awesome. I'm sure I did actually. Smoking bowl. <laughs> Uh, but he's also directing the upcoming Aquaman movie, which I, I hope is great. With Cal Drogo. Yeah, he's awesome. I love that guy. But also, everybody always talks about how lame Aquaman is, which is fucking bullshit. Aquaman is 
awesome. He's so badass. Like, yes, Super Friends Aquaman was lame. All he could do was talk to fish. Yeah. But real comic book Aquaman, he's, he's fucking, he's strong as shit. He lives at the bottom of the ocean. Anybody living at the bottom of the ocean is going to have extreme superpower. Probably. Like, <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's badass, and, and I really hope the Aquaman movie is good. And I think James Wan will make it good. The thing that I like about James Wan is uh, his visual style is very, like, each each shot is well-balanced. Uh, what you might say about James Wan, actually, is that his, his aesthetic is almost so such that, like, it fades away. Like, the story becomes the most important element. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're not, you're getting the visual. You're getting all the visual, and it's telling the story. Yeah. Like, I mean, the actor, he always brings in great actors and things to, to do. Like, specifically, I'm thinking of The Conjuring uh, with, uh, you know, just the way that he shoots The Conjuring, the, each shot has tension to it without the like it's not even the music doing it like the the way he uses light the way he focuses on the you know exact area where you need to be paying attention Mm -hmm. for the tension and that's exactly like i hate this about horror movies where like the horror is that the director didn't point the camera at the right place yeah exactly you're, you're being scared by the fact that you were given the least amount of information possible he gives you the most amount of information possible visually and still scares you that's cool i I haven't watched any of his other stuff i guess i should dig into him sometime yeah we should do the conjuring for sure i really like the conjuring now the backstory of uh of the conjuring like the people that the conjuring's about they're full of bullshit like those real life (laughs) people are absolutely full of bullshit and terrible people but the movies are good. <laughs> cool. Cool, man. Yeah, the cast in this is 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 huge and there's some uh some questionable performances in a lot of the parts. I think that Carrie Elwes's yeah. amazing disappearing accent is uh Oh god. Oh that accent. <laughs> pretty, pretty fucking distracting. I mean, now that you're saying they had like 18 days and like two shots to do a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting to where I understand that more because I mean, I notice especially in moments where he's like you know yelling or doing something intense, he becomes British again, and I don't know why. Yeah. Okay, why didn't they just let him be British? Why did they you know yeah. it's like oh if you're British nobody will believe that you're a doctor on screen. You have to be American. Oh, God. You know what they you know what they say a British accent dumb person. Yeah exactly yeah clearly be a everybody says that. Mm-hmm. I also really wonder about his doctor character and how, just how well off he is. Because, two things in particular. For one, their house that they live in looks to be an old warehouse with drapes on the walls. <laughs> yeah, and, that's true. And also there's that one part later on in the movie where he says that his wife has the car. Because they, they just have one car. Yeah, that is odd <laughs> for a doctor to only have one car he's like doctor there's an emergency i can't come my wife has the car maybe they live in an area where like uh, you know what no there's no excuse for it i was gonna say maybe they live in an area with bad parking 
But it's like, well, fucking, you're a doctor. Just get a place with better parking. Throw doctor money at it. Problem solved. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good solution to most things. Throw doctor money at it. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> but, you know, some of the cast does a pretty good job. Um, I, th- I think that old Danny Glover does a good job in a lot of the movie. Um, he does, yeah. There is some piss poor dialogue in this thing yes. man it's the kind of thing that you can tell which you know again if these were guys coming right out of film school and stuff you can tell there were moments where these guys were writing down words on the pages just being like oh yeah i love it i love it and then they put it on screen they're like nobody would fucking talk that way this is my first time seeing a dead body it's weird they don't move or whatever the fuck he says <laughs> like what yeah this is the most fun i've ever had without lubricant who the fuck says that especially in a time oh. like that like that's horrible dialogue there there is an element uh like if they had time the script could have been better for sure yeah certainly this line is bad but uh good idea adam says so that's what this is reality tv like it's not a good line it it's not something a normal person would say. No. But it is a good idea, and you could make a good line out of it. Because the fact is, it like that's that is the basis I would say of Saw is that it's it's like a reality TV competition where there's only one viewer really. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, competitors competing for big prizes, namely their lives. Yeah, and I don't remember like cuz I don't I don't watch reality TV. I don't remember in 2004 I would imagine Fear Factor was on at that point, I think so, which is yeah. like you know, that was like at that time it was the lowest of the low, like that was the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> it's just like people just eating bugs for money. Yeah. Like uh so I can see where this comes from. I can see like how that line was a uh, uh, maybe a theme that they wanted to run throughout, but then it, it doesn't. It doesn't run throughout. It doesn't come back. I wish it did. Like, what? Like, what if in uh, a future saw it was like these things were streaming online for people to watch, mm-hmm. and then like you know you got this element kind of like Scream where it's sort of meta where people are watching it, thinking maybe that it's fake or you know being detached from it because yeah. that's how people are these days they watch you know beheading videos and they don't think that you know they don't connect this is a person dying right uh it actually there is <laughs> there is an element of that in a future saw where there are three people who are putting into a jigsaw trap and like it's in an open cube on this like public square and mm-hmm. everybody's watching it like it's performance art sort of but oh okay it, that doesn't that doesn't play out well either like gotcha so that they had a good way to maybe make all these movies much more interesting and not rely on stupid flashbacks and things like that and they did they just didn't follow it well that's the thing about this flick is you know it's really um kind of like how a an Elm Street movie is all about, you know, how are the dream kills going to happen? The the thing about the Softlicks is, you know, what are the weird, crazy traps that this guy has set, the situations he puts his victims in that can get them killed? Those are really kind of the set pieces of these movies. And um, I got to say, it is sort of wildly all over the map. 
in this movie. Yeah. I, I don't know how it is in the other ones, but it's like sometimes the traps are really simple. Like there's that guy who tried to kill himself, so he put him in a box of razor wire and said, if you crawl through, you can live. How bad do you want to live? That's pretty That's pretty logical. That goes along with that dude's crime. That's pretty cool. There's the girl with the, the you know reverse bear trap head mask thing where it's like, you can get the key. It's in this guy's stomach, but turns out he's still alive. But then the trap that he sets for our main two characters here, old, uh, uh... Too elaborate. Oh my god! He spent so much time, he even built a small model of it. Yeah, he did! There's a diorama of, like, what? Yeah, like he needed to build a test run? What? And I love that moment, too, because when Danny Glover finds it, he says, what the hell? And yeah. I think that was actually just Danny Glover saying, what the hell? Yeah, like, <laughs> what the hell movie am I in? make a diorama of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of your potential potential kill you're going to do here. I just don't understand why their scenario was 8 million times more complicated and convoluted and also had so many more chances to go wrong. Like, there are uh-huh. 8 million things that could have gone wrong with those two dudes in that room Yeah, that would have just spoiled the whole thing. And then the fucking idiot killer puts himself laying face down on the floor the entire time. It's like... right. If things had not gone according to plan, at what point does he just get up and he's like, "All right, boys, this okay? I kind of, I kind of screwed the pooch on this one. You were supposed yeah. to find the key. There's a little cassette. There's a heart on the toilet. You were supposed to find, and it really went all to hell. It was too confusing. And then he just pulls out a gun yeah. and just shoots them both. I guess I don't know. Yeah, well, there, there is, there's no explanation for everything you just said, but like apparently. I think in two or three, three, I believe they reveal that like uh, Amanda had injected him with a drug so that he would be passed out. So he is actually passed out. Okay, all right. So he can't just get up at any moment. But like that's whatever. It's fine. That's some pretty hard back paddling. Yeah, Uh, but like, (laughs) what? (laughs) What if at any point, like while they were throwing things back and forth? Like, what if at some point one of those one of those things was a heavy thing and it landed on, you know, Jigsaw's head and killed him? <laughs> Ooh, the end. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me toss you this toilet tank lid. Oops, I hit the oh, corpse. Shit. No big deal. Yeah. Or what if like uh, you know uh, he when he grabs the gun and and shoots at him? What if he had accidentally? Like, you know, he's, I, I'm assuming most people haven't shot a gun. What if he accidentally shot Jigsaw to slay him? Like, there's so many ways this could have gone the exact opposite way that you want it to. I know. I know, dude. And also, here's my big problem with the traps. Some of them you can't get out of. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, some of the it, there's razor a wire. No, there's a, that's a no-win scenario. Yeah, you're not getting out of that razor wire thing. Also, the the way to get out of it at best would be to just not try to get out of it. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, how that body got found, but how? Yeah. Like he was he was down in like the uh basement of a sewer or something. Like he was below the sewer. And like somehow he got found what if if he was gonna get found like just sit where you are and hope for the best like there's no way you're crawling through all that razor wire and not dying no uh-uh yeah you're just fucked yeah that's just a death trap right there like that is totally yeah. a no win now like bear trap girl like 
she had a shot. She had a shot at it, yeah, and uh, and she won. She won the game. Yeah, yeah, and the two the two main guys have a shot for sure. Yeah, exactly. cut off your foot. You're fine. I mean, it sucks. You lost a foot, but you're not gonna die. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, th- that becomes the way that all of the traps in the future movies are. Is there's no way you're gonna escape it. It's built so you won't escape it. Yeah. So the the one person in this movie that Jigsaw is actually angry at, he gives the most chance to survive. Yeah. That's insane. It makes no sense. It makes very, very little sense. And the thing is, too, is like, I like that. I like that the motivation here, I, I think just on paper, it's a great thing. You've got this guy who's dying of a terminal illness. He sees people around him who are ungrateful for their lives that they have. And yeah. so he's trying to make them grateful. I think that's that's a pretty cool idea, you know, on paper. But it's like, yeah. um, are you really going to make somebody grateful for like killing a guy and digging a key out of his intestines? Are you really going to make fucking Dr. Dread Pirate Roberts grateful by like <laughs> terrifying and, and like terrorizing his wife and kid like an innocent kid his kid didn't do shit yeah and and i mean jigsaw's plan was for them to die yeah i guess i can get that maybe that makes sense that jigsaw sets up a, a trap for the doctor to torture him but it's it's one that he can get out of but the idea is that he knows he won't do what he needs to in time and then he'll kill the the mother and the daughter, and so he escapes, but he's also tortured by the fact that his wife and daughter died because he didn't act in time. And so, you know, he has to live with that pain, which is exactly what Jigsaw is dealing with. He's having to live with that pain. Well, let's also backtrack a little bit to why he's punishing Dread Pirate Roberts in the first place, because he almost, but didn't cheat on his wife? Yeah, it seems more... (laughs) That's a little harsh, dude. It seems more like he's trying to punish him for his diagnosis, maybe? Yeah. Like, you diagnosed me with a brain tumor. Now, cut off your foot, you shithead. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, what? what? And that's the thing, is like, it's not even like he's some kind of fucking lech or like a Victor Salva pedophile or like a serial cheater or anything like this. It's like... He, I'm not trying to belittle this, but it's like he almost cheated yeah. on his wife. But we even get that scene where he's like with the the intern girl at the at the hotel, and he's like, "No, I just can't do this or whatever." It's like he didn't even do yeah. anything. Yeah, he didn't even do anything in the end, and they were already gonna kidnap him when he was going there. So yeah, what like what is the point then? Like it has nothing to do with the cheating. You gotta walk the damn straight and narrow to stay on Jigsaw's fucking good boy list, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there like in future movies there are some more deserving candidates, but there are also a lot of people where it's like I don't see why this is someone who deserves to be tortured. Chester Bennington plays a white supremacist. Holy shit! In a future really? One. Yeah, I think it's five, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, I say plays a white supremacist. Uh, it's like the opening of the movie, and he he's like, the jigsaw thing is like, you're a white supremacist, and you only care about your skin, but will you give up your skin to save your life, or whatever? <laughs> and, and of course, the trap he's in is one that he couldn't possibly survive, no matter what, but 
Yeah, whatever. You know, on the subject of Jigsaw 2, let me ask you. What? Why do they even bring up the whole, like, oh, he cuts a Jigsaw-shaped piece out of all of his victims? Yeah, that's real stupid. That's dumb. There's yeah. The, I, what the fuck? I was wondering if I missed something. Was there a shot in his house where he he has, like, a big skin puzzle of all the people that he's cut pieces out of? Like, why is that significant? This movie was either written with sequels in mind, yeah. which I would believe, and is a smart move, honestly, but, uh, or the sequels just spend all their time trying to explain all the bullshit in the first one that didn't make sense, because... In a sequel, there's a jigsaw copycat, and the uh, he cuts out the jigsaw piece, but like he uses a different knife or something, and that's how they figure out that it's a copycat. But why does he do it? No, the, I don't know. It's stupid. Because uh, uh, serial killers have calling cards, according to movies and TV, but not real life. <laughs> Some serial... <laughs> Some serial killers do some shit that definitely is like, oh, well, hey, it's the same guy as last time. But most serial killers are trying to get away with it. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was just a really random thing where it's like, initially when you watch it, it really ties in. It's like, oh, he's called Jigsaw and he cuts out these puzzle pieces and yada yada. But then you go, well, but why? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, you never followed through on that at all. Yeah. <laughs> It really, it's, I wish I had an answer for you. And I, I, God damn it, will not volunteer to watch all those uh, sequels again to find an answer. But I don't think there was one. I Man, don't think there ever was one. That's, that's bothersome. That That's, that's definitely one of those things that just kind of ground my gears. And there's other, there's other stuff like this in the movie too, where it's like, you know, again, the big shock of the movie is when John, the jigsaw killer stands up at the end of the movie and he's actually not dead. Why did he even have to be in the room? Why? Yeah, especially since we find out in a future one that he's drugged. Like, yeah. I would think maybe he'd want to be in the room to experience, like, the torture, like, to be there to watch the doctor get tortured. He's got surveillance cameras. Yeah, you could be on the other side of that two-way mirror and do that. Um, yeah, and if you're laying there pretending to be dead, you've got your eyes closed. It's not like you can turn your head to, like, watch stuff or anything like that. Like, there's literally no point... As no. far as I can remember, as far as I can remember, there's literally no point for him to be laying there faking being dead in the room with these two guys other than to make the audience go, oh shit, he was really alive the whole time. Like, that's literally the only point for him being there. I think that's so yeah. cheap, dude. It relies, like, this is interesting because, uh, you know, the, traditionally the twist guy in horror is M. Night Shyamalan. Sure. But I'll, I'll go ahead and say, I, I would argue, and we haven't done an M. Night Shyamalan movie, but I would argue that he does not rely on twists in most of his movies. Yeah. It's just that, it, it's just that people, for some reason, because he had a twist in The Sixth Sense and in um, The Village, people just associate the climax of the movie with a twist. Right. So they're like, oh, in Signs... You know, the thing that the lady said to uh, uh, Mel Gibson when she died uh, ends up uh, being the thing that saves them. That's not a twist. No. That's a climax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but anyway, like, the real twist movies are Saw movies. These are where the twist, this is where you see a bunch of, like, unnecessary, like, 
you didn't notice these thing flashbacks and it's like i noticed all of that like you didn't have to show me a flashback i noticed every bit of it right um and then like there's no reason for like for instance whenever uh ben linus uh he got off the island somehow <laughs> and uh he's hiding in that girl's closet whenever it shows him he has a blanket over him yeah why? yeah what the fuck why the reason only could be that they're trying to hide his identity to make it a twist yep. but then and they do they do keep up that hiding his identity for a bit that sexy satin jacket right but they also show like him with the the mother and the daughter but they don't show his face yeah but then after building that up for a long time he walks over to the the window and we see his face yeah so like i i guess like we're supposed to be like oh my god that's the orderly but instead it's like well why didn't you just show us that from the beginning because the thing is too like with with um i can't remember what his name is but he's been linus like I never once... Michael Emerson. Michael Emerson, there you go. Like, I never once was feeling, oh, he's definitely the killer. Like, he has, just because of his demeanor and stuff, he has crony written all over him. Like, he does not read as Uh Big Boss, ever. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Obviously, like, I guess they're trying to set up that, like, earlier when we saw him and he seemed kind of simple. Like, I mean, he doesn't seem stupid, but he seems like a, seems a, off, a yeah. simple guy. Yeah, he just seems like he, he maybe doesn't have a whole lot going on in his head. Probably a big Bang Theory fan, I would say. Could be. Um. Anyway, but yeah, like, we don't, we don't really buy that he's the guy. The moment no, we see was. him, it's like, well, there's something else going on here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. So that was never really like a big twist for me that, oh my God, it was that guy from the hospital earlier. Like, I thought that was kind of a kind of a waste of time, really. Now, what do you think about the aesthetic of this movie? You said a second ago you really liked what the director does aesthetically in a lot of his other flicks. How do you feel about what he did in this one? Well, again, he uh, he's he has said he only got you know a couple takes for most things. I think in particular, if you look at the bear trap scene. Because that is the the scene that they shot as a short to show people to get um, funding. Oh, really? Yeah, so he was getting another shot at it. You look at the bear trap scene and you see what he can do. Like, you see, like, how he can work if he has more time to think about the particular scene and really set it up. And that is good. That is is good. The headgear and all that stuff is very memorable, very iconic. And definitely, uh, I like how grimy it is. I like how, super grimy. you know, super grimy, super gross at times. Like, but that again, like if you look at future James Wan movies, like it, it, this doesn't fit as well with his other movies. Like he, he uses a lot of like, sort of like saying, uh, the, the conjuring in particular, he uses a lot of. Uh, I would say more natural lights. He 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 doesn't do as as much grimy as uh, as he does say uh, more polished effects. Okay. So like everything looks more polished in his future movies, and I would assume that if he could have made Saw in you know at this point in his career, it would look more polished. It might still you know it would still have like that grimy bathroom setup. 
Yeah. And it might still have some grime to it, but this comes off in a lot of ways like like seven meets the matrix. Like yeah. there's a lot of green. Totally, to it. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got that like nasty fluorescent like greenish kind of yeah. hue to a lot of it. And it's like you said, the set design for a lot of it is great. I mean that the bathroom oh, yeah. that the majority of the movie takes place in is fucking disgusting. It must have been a lot of fun. <laughs> to put that set yeah. together and just be like oh, oh absolutely god this is fucking gross look at this like it had to be a lot of fun putting that stuff together i'll tell you what wouldn't be fun is laying in all that fake blood no <laughs> like i i tried to pay attention on this uh rewatch i tried to pay attention to how many uh shots uh jigsaw is in where he's just laying in that blood and they do a good job of making you feel like he's there the whole time mm -hmm. but he's actually in you know not not many shots they probably did that all in a day right like every every shot where he was going to be in it they did it in a day but he still probably for eight to ten hours was laying in that fake blood just sticky and gross yeah ugh. That would suck so bad. But yeah, it would be so fun to put together. Absolutely. Yeah, I like the set design in a lot of the movie. Um, you know, I felt like I felt like I was watching a movie made by a guy who directed like maybe some videos for Nine Inch Nails in the in the late nineties. <laughs> it, yeah. it looks like a okay. fucking late nineties music video, especially when they do yes. the the ever annoying thing where the camera like spins around a person and their head is shaking yeah. all fat. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. That what started that? Was that that tool video? Maybe I don't know the, if it was that or, like, one? or was it like? Did the closer video by Nine Inch Nails have some of that in it? I think it did. I, I don't know. Definitely some Manson stuff did too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a music video. It started with music videos, but like became a, you know, absolutely full on like filmic thing where everybody's, you know, I. I can't think of a recent movie that does it though. Maybe no. people have moved past it. Well, I just want to see Hopefully. the I just want to see the fucking idiot that's like watching that scene where I think it's actually I think it does it when the girl has the bear trap thing on her head. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. I want to see the fucking idiot who's like, "You know what made that scene so much better when her when her head the was all crazy? That really made it so <laughs> much scarier." It's like, "No it fucking oh, man. didn't." Like cuz that's the thing is like when you see shit like that, it reminds you that you're watching a movie. Yeah, and I I don't I I, I think that works well sometimes. Mm -hmm. You being reminded you're watching a movie can work really well, say, particularly in a meta horror movie. Sure. Being reminded you're watching a movie, in fact, will make it more meta and make you feel more connected to it. Right. But generally what it does is push you away from your suspension of disbelief. It, yeah. it makes you you know, it makes you remember, oh yeah, I'm watching a movie, I can relax, none of this is real. Well, it's like, when you watch, when you watch, you know, Texas Chainsaw, for example, it's oh, yeah. so easy to forget you're watching a movie. Like, yeah. it, it feels like you are watching a fucking documentary at some parts. Like, it's so fucking grimy and realistic and gross and disturbing and believable. Yeah. You know. Even the moments that would take you out of it, like, I mean, when you see a close-up shot of somebody's eyes... Yeah, it seems like you would think like, oh, God, this is a movie. Like, right. obviously, like I'm only seeing their eyes. But it, because they intercut it with like the the mania of that kitchen scene and like it's just like eh, 
that like yeah, whatever noise, that noise yeah. is yeah whatever that noise is that sort of pervades oh. throughout uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre because they keep flashing to it and stuff you don't even think about this is a movie you just no. think like that's that's how terrifying and insane this would be if yeah. you were in this situation yeah exactly uh, exactly so like i just can't think of a single time where the shaky head like uh you know uh rotating dolly shots like i can't think of a moment where i was like oh yeah that really affected me no doubt man yo what did you think about that What'd you think about that nasty old commode in this movie? That dirty turlet. Oh God, that oh. was really bad. Okay, so uh, whenever Lee Wanell, who plays uh, Adam, whenever he reaches into the shit, I I that rings true to me because I wouldn't do that. I would reach into the back first. Dude, I would look I know. around. I would look around it, etc. But that's. That's I know so many people that would reach into the shit before thinking. God. So dude. it was like to me it was like yeah okay now I get more about Adam I understand him a little bit better he's, he's not dumb, he's dumb. not a thinker yeah he's not a thinker um but like when I see it it's just like why wouldn't you go for the back first and then if you if you know if you get to the back and you see it you know there's nothing there fucking kick that toilet till it breaks i'm not no. <laughs> reaching into the shit no get out of here it was so fucking gross dude so gross that was that was an effective visual an effective visual trick with that dirty old turlet there um, yeah that really was gross good sound design and stuff too uh-huh uh that was pretty gross and you know it's like there's a lot of other kind of low budget you know sort of tricks that like you said they couldn't show everything that they probably wanted to show so a lot of what you get in this movie is the suggestion of or the aftermath of violence and stuff like whenever um that cop hits that like trip wire and that shotgun from above oh, like God. hits his head that's awesome it's that awesome because awesome yeah because it just shows like his his neck and shoulders and you just see the uh -huh. blood like come down and yeah. you know it's like there was somebody off off camera on a ladder just pouring blood on this guy's head but they framed it in such a way that you're like oh man his head exploded um, yeah stuff like that's really effective and again having done ultra low budget you know little short film stuff ourselves i really appreciate that kind of thing because you go oh yeah that's cool they couldn't show you the you know the full monty there so they just figured out a way around it which is what you see in so many other great horror flicks you know you come up with yeah. these clever cheap tricks make a spandex wall and have freddy kind of push through it and it turns out looking amazing and that was like a five dollar fucking special effect yeah. you know and, and you know what that might be a good argument to never having a horror category at the emmys or the oscars yeah <laughs> um that if if people are going for awards there's going to be too much money put into it you're going to get too much like cgi and yeah. stuff like and the thing that really drives horror is necessity totally. like you you have this in the script you're set up to shoot it that day you don't have the money to make it the way you want it so you have to figure out how to do it and figuring out how to do it is what makes great horror scenes yeah i totally i totally agree man you're saying basically if enough people with big old budgets wanting to win Oscars got involved in it, it might kind of take the fun away, huh? 
Yeah, I mean, even because like uh, more modern horror movies, say like The Witch, etc. Um, the the movies that like I really like now that are coming out, like horror movies. A lot of them have great acting, great directing, great scripts that like you would even say like this is just a good movie. Right. Like this is this is a movie that, you know, affects me emotionally, not just makes me feel scared, but actually gives me uh, a connection to the the people in the movie and I, I feel more connected to humanity. Uh, those are great yeah. and you might you might get more of those from you know uh big studios if there was uh, an actual category for horror movies yeah yeah but you're the right likely the likelihood is that you're probably gonna get shit the moment that it's about awards it god shit just goes downhill yeah so i don't know uh you know there are horror awards out there for certain Saturn, I think the Saturn Awards have horror categories. I'm not positive on that. Okay. So, Steve, overall, what are your final thoughts and review on a scale of 1 to 10 on good old Saw right here? Okay, so Saw, um, I like the spirit of it. (laughs) I I like everything behind it. I like the ideas that, uh, you know, I like the idea that, you know, two, two... people got together after film school and just decided let's let's sell this movie i think it's it's a fine movie it's not great it definitely only gets frustrating if you watch the sequels if you just watch it as a single movie it's like okay fine i mean the the twists are a little boring and frustrating but mostly if you watch the sequels it gets far worse okay (laughs) and and then when you go back and watch it you're like ah fuck this i don't like these goddamn twists but it uh, kind of you're saying it kind of like hurts your opinion of the original yeah but i i'm gonna let that go for sure and and just look at this as an individual movie i i like the actors they they went out and they got people who knew what they were doing which is smart obviously Um, the writing leaves a little to be desired, but again, that's, I mean, you're going to have some issues the moment you start throwing twists and turns in. Like if you throw in a twist, you're going to have to justify it with everything that came before. And totally so. Yeah. And I feel like some of this isn't exactly justified. Um, but still it, uh, it has tension for sure. I, I like just the idea of having uh, the majority of the movie be two people in a dingy bathroom. Like yeah, that's it's cool. That's a cool idea, and and already leads to horror. Like you're already like, oh, this isn't gonna end up good. Two dudes chained to pipes in a dingy bathroom. Like you you know this is gonna end bad. Um, but there's a lot to hate about this movie for sure yeah <laughs> uh i i think we've gone over it pretty well um one of the things that I, one of the things i really hate and, and i don't know if they were intentionally referring back to the shining but uh danny glover just basically gets scatman carruthers 
The second, oh, he does. He gets grothered so hard. Yeah, like, it makes no sense. Like, he, he, it's exactly like the Scatman Crothers storyline in The Shining, where he's de he's dedicated to this. This is matters so much to him. And in the end, he just gets fucking killed, like, flippantly. And even he has a dumb psych out thing where it's like, who paid you to take these photographs? It was a black guy with a, a cut oh, on his throat. Oh, yeah, it's like, like he's, like he's maybe Jigsaw, which wouldn't make Come any on. sense. Yeah, That makes no sense. It's like, dude, it would have been just as logical if they'd have been like, it was the doctor's daughter. She was this little girl. And <laughs> Actually, that so, would have yeah, been very believable. so cool. I cannot. Yeah. That would be insane to think that, like, she just used a voice modulator and set up this insanity to get back at her dad. You mean like <laughs> Kevin McAllister might do? Holy shit! I forgot. Yes, that's an important theory we haven't talked about. That <laughs> Jigsaw is grown-up Kevin McAllister. Yes. From yes. Home Alone. And in case you're wondering who's Kevin McAllister, the, he's the kid from Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know. It, it, the same sort of idea. He sets up all these torturous fucking uh, traps for these people he feels like deserve it. I mean, you know, honestly. He has a really petty attitude. Doesn't uh -huh. really let people get away with much. This is very Kevin-y kind of behavior. And also, like, uh, can you imagine? Let's just talk about this for a second. Can you imagine? It just, I, I understand they were robbers, those wet bandits. But can you mm -hmm. imagine if somebody burnt the top of your head with a flamethrower? Would you? I would murder that child. I'm going to go Absolutely. ahead and say that. Uh, people are like, oh, there's no situation in which I would murder a child. I know one. <laughs> if he burned the top of my head with a blowtorch and uh, set up a, a, a tar trap on the stairs and I stepped through a nail. Like, yeah, uh, yeah it's I'd like, murder yo. that child. I mean, I was just trying to rob a house. Come on. I mean, it's not. Yeah. This is, these are just things. This is just stuff I was going to steal. You can get it back. And I'll tell you what, guys. <laughs> and if, if you have. Oh, man. Here's another thing. Jesus. We got all the way to the end before I remembered. Danny Glover uh, gets totally mead in this movie. Remember, he gets oh, he slashed does. in the neck. Oh, man. <laughs> he gets the old Steve Spratling. Yeah, in case anybody's listening who didn't hear our high attention episode, I, I got uh, slashed in the neck by a guy who was robbing my house because I tried to stop him. Now, here's yeah. the thing. I, I, I just It's stuff. Just give up. It's fine. Who gives a shit? It's stuff. <laughs> Kevin McAllister, let him just rob the house and just stay home. It's not a big deal. Yeah, or call the cops. He knew ahead of time. Is there a scene in which Kevin McAllister calls the cops in Home Alone? I don't Dude, think so. Plus, you've seen that house. They're fucking loaded. Are you telling yeah. me like they don't have insurance on all that shit or that they wouldn't be able just to buy all that shit back? They're taking a Christmas trip with like 15 people to France. They don't um, yeah. Who gives a shit if they get robbed? <laughs> anyway. Materialistic little shit. Anyway, is this uh, how you know you're getting old? Is like when you're not on Kevin McAllister's side anymore <laughs> in Home Alone. When you watch Home Alone and you're like, fuck that kid. Those robbers were poor. They were unemployed, man. They might not have had job skills that could get them, you know, gainful employment. Come on, kid. Just let the insurance, com let the insurance company take a hit on this kid. Let them rob you and then just claim all the shit. It's not a big deal. The insurance companies have so much money. I guarantee when they were like working on this movie, one producer said, 
I don't give a shit about this kid. And they were like, all right, let's make the robbers do something stupid, like turning on all the faucets to flood the house. So everybody's like, okay, fuck those guys. <laughs> I bet the first idea was let's have him cut a jigsaw piece out of the people that they robbed. <laughs> <laughs> like, but why? <laughs> Don't worry yeah, about you it. Right. That was a bad it. idea. <laughs> um, Are there any scenes like in the later movies where Jigsaw eats a cheese pizza? God damn it. I bet, uh, you know, now that I think about it, there is this scene where he meets Donald Trump and <laughs> he's in New York. And he has, he has trouble getting around in New York. Uh, I'm anyway. Kevin McAllister, the father. <laughs> There's the voice changer right there, dude. Oh, man. The voice changers. <laughs> I can remember. Holy shit. Jigsaw is Kevin McAllister. <laughs> what the fuck? Done. <laughs> yeah. We solved this movie. Yeah. <laughs> every every movie is a problem that needs to be solved, and we solved this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, but uh, as far as my rating goes, I think this is, uh, you know, I'm going to say it's a solid middle-of-the-road movie. This is a five. Okay. I, I totally understand that, man. And, you know, as for myself, it's like, I agree with you on a lot of points. I like the... I like the concept and the history of this movie and the practicality of this movie better than I like the movie itself. Like, I love that it's these dudes right out of film school that had an idea for a flick yeah. and they and they fucking made it. They took a risk and they yeah. made it and they hit bank because of it. It's kind of like the Kevin Smith clerk story, you know, where yes. he like yeah, exactly. maxed out all his credit cards to make this movie after he dropped out of film school and it it was a huge gamble and it worked like yeah i I love that i think that's really cool because you and i and you and uh, me and other friends of mine and stuff yeah have talked many times about like oh i had an idea for a movie we could do this 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 oh that'd be cool and then guess what we didn't do it um so it's like i admire (laughs) yeah exactly so i admire the shit out of the fact that these two dudes actually did it they actually got this done and they even managed to wrangle in some big name actors and stuff and like i said i I like the idea that the villain is this guy whose fate is sealed he is not an all-powerful entity who will continue killing for all time and being undiscovered he's not a jason he's not a michael myers he is a guy who is on his way out he's dying of a terminal illness and he sees ingrateful people around him and decides to make them. Well, you, you know what this really is, dude. Mm-hmm. And, and and this just basically all this all pins it down. I just thought about this. Okay. This this is all just a huge David Fincher dick suck session. Because <laughs> it, listen, if you took seven, yeah, and combined it with the scene from Fight Club yeah. where they fuck with that guy and he's like, I want to go to veter- veterinarian school. Yes. Okay. And they make it. They make him appreciate his life because they hold exactly the gun to his it. head. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where you get saw. Like if you have yeah. seven plus that one scene from Fight Club, this is just a big David Fincher jerk off session. Also, the griminess and the green blue kind of thing. Fight Club. I mean, it, it just looks like fucking dirty Fight Club. Holy shit! You're right. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. Exactly. Jesus. Exactly. Okay. This movie, we just busted this thing wide open, dude. Take that Look saw. At us. Yeah. Take that, you, you fucking dirtbag quiz that tried to chump us yeah. earlier. Fuck you. <laughs> I was going to say for the listeners who stayed through that quiz, you really got <laughs> you really got something. 
All right. Yeah, exactly. Boom. That's worth it. It's like it's like when you're uh, when you're trying to figure out how to eat Brussels sprouts. Like the first <laughs> time you make them, it's like, what? This is disgusting. And then you like figure out like, oh, some balsamic vinegar, etc. Oh, okay. Now, yes, this is the best. There you go. That's what this podcast is like. It's like eating Brussels sprouts. Like eating Brussels sprouts. It's good for you. <laughs> Please, somebody leave us an iTunes review that says that. <laughs> <laughs> But like I said, I, I like the concept and stuff here um, better than I like the movie itself. I, I think the movie is ridiculously overly convoluted. I, I think that yeah. if I was a film student, you know, coming out of film school, trying to make my first big name movie and stuff, I would, I would do something a little less big than this. Simpler. You know, yeah. not not to say that taking risks is bad or anything like that, but no, it's like, but dude, yeah, I mean, simple is the way to show you know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a very good point. Exactly. Um, but doing like a super twisty, convoluted, who's the killer? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's this guy that was dead the whole time. Like, you really got to have your shit together to make that work. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I don't think that this really does it very well. Again, I, I like the concept of these like elaborate traps that dude sets and stuff. That's cool. Again, that's why I liked Seven, you know? Yeah, it, absolutely. These, these thematic kind of killings to suit the victims that's pretty neat um but again wildly inconsistent some of them are very simple some are very complicated i don't know it just didn't really have me gripped i didn't think it was scary i think the soundtrack is fucking corny that saw theme that everybody thinks is so cool i think it's just so like yeah there's not there's not anything there it's not worth it no and and even like i could pick it apart you know melodically and intervallically and stuff like this and say it is like the most predictable epic minor key dramatic intervals possible for that theme i'm talking yeah. about the da 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 that's fucking you know what corny, i hate dude. about that is that it's just da 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 like it, it like i would ex- i would expect it to be da 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 like yeah, i would expect exactly. it to actually have something to it Move but somewhere. instead it's just yeah it's just this constant repetition of uh, what like nothing there's nothing to it no but hey if you want to learn how to play it on guitar i've got a sick tutorial on my youtube channel y'all so i don't know again super you know all over the place performances there's some performances that are good i think that uh, again, what's her name? Fucking Bear Trap Girl. I think that Shawnee she does a really Smith. good job. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she I think really she does good. a good job. Danny Glover does a good job. Ben Linus does a pretty good job in it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Other stuff, there's just some fucking amateur hour shitty lines in this movie <laughs> that are not believable <laughs> and not delivered well. But at the same time, again, I, I have to appreciate now that you've told me they had like 18 days and like two shots to film a lot of the shit it does make me appreciate it a lot more knowing that um that being said i'm really surprised that this movie did as well as it did yeah me too especially in a world where like you have these fucking awesome horror flicks like house of the devil and the witch that like yeah barely barely even make a dent like i hardly know anybody who's seen that shit you have this movie, which isn't even really very gory. It's also not really scary. And it has a super, super convoluted storyline with a twist that doesn't really make any sense if you sit down and think about it. I'm kind of shocked that, like, that many people latched onto it. Yeah, me too. I mean, just think about the fact that this is 2004. Yeah. 
Shaun of the Dead came out in 2004. Shit. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the the village, which is a lot of people are like, oh, I could t- t- smell that thing coming, etc., from a mile away. I think the village is a great horror movie. Uh, I, dude, I like the village. I know a lot of people shit all over that movie. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's. I mean, there were horror movies that came out in 2004 that it seems to me should have done better than this. It's movie. not like it was a Slim Pickens year. Yeah, I mean, again, this is early 2000s, so early... I said that real weird. Early Early, 2000s. Early 2000s. Um, (laughs) That's that's how dentists say 2000. 2000? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's corny. Yeah. (laughs) Editing that. Anyway, so... But yeah, like, um, I, I don't know. It's early 2000s, so... I don't the expectations may have been low for horror movies at that point I would think like when you when you consider that like people were you know watching Final Destination <laughs> yeah this is kind of that post scream I, I yeah. think of this as I kind of think of this as that that phase of horror movies where it's like if the scream kind of era was sort of the bowl cut era yeah and like right now is sort of like the cool long hair era yeah this era of horror movies is where it's like it's not really long to it's, it's not really long enough to pull back into a ponytail <laughs> it's just kind of awkward that phase yeah. between bowl cut and long yeah. hair that's kind of where this fell it's like kurt cobain's hair in the the like smells like teen spirit era you know yeah. like that video where it's just like I, I, it's too short you can't put it into a ponytail but it's just no. like it still gives you acne right there on exactly your, yeah because yes, the, that, the hair oils yeah that is the post-millennial horror era for sure yeah man. So, for sure i mean like i said i guess pickings were kind of slim but it does it is just kind of weird to me that this blew up as hard as it did especially considering like it's not really that brutal like it's not really no, that fucked really up or not. grisly or gory because yeah. e- even something like human centipede like i can understand why that blew up because that's fucked up and disgusting yeah oh yeah i mean like <laughs> human centipede though that's like five years from this oh that's yeah like, totally that's so. like the point at which, uh, and i'll go ahead and say i i'm thinking now that maybe torture porn saved horror movies it could have been man because yeah. like if everything kept going that meta route where it just basically would have become comedy like horror was comedy and yeah and, you know not worth anyone's time uh torture porn re-injected like actual you know fear they kept the interest alive yeah so even though i don't like torture porn movies i i think overall they did maybe save horror in that period of time because i guess so you there's know? a lot of bullshit at that time like a lot of bad movies well, I guess, you know, again, to keep pulling these back to, to analogs and music, I guess it's kind of like how you could say that, like, new metal kind of kept metal relevant, even though fucking oh, God, Limp Bizkit yeah. and all that bullshit's fucking Fuck horrible. Jesus. Oh, but, God, it's, it's yeah, awful. But, I mean, yeah, otherwise we wouldn't have, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, the math metal. Like, we wouldn't have, like, we wouldn't have people who were like, how can we make metal better? Yeah, exactly. Well, it was something different that kept it relevant because in the post-hair metal and the post-grunge era, it's like 
metal was just kind of standing there with its arms at its sides like i don't really know where to go so this this new metal stuff it fucking sucked but it was at least something different that caught everybody's attention and i think this torture porn kind of genre must have been the same way at that time so i i appreciate this movie for its low budget um it's low budget you know success and stuff that it had and that it was these young guys just going for it and that it like you said kept horror relevant and in the spotlight so i'll forever appreciate it for that but i just don't really enjoy watching it and i especially think it's one of those that has like next to zero replay value like this is one of those that you know no maximum of twice yeah you need to see it absolute maximum whereas a lot of my favorites i've watched a million times i won't sit and watch this again um again appreciate the premise on paper more than i do on celluloid i think it's like a three and a half out of ten it's just not very it's just not fun to watch to me that's fair i i i would say i overinflated it specifically because i was glad uh two people got together and decided to make a horror movie yeah yeah totally so man totally so i really i mean i think i did the same maybe with killer clowns from outer space i didn't even give that a great rating but it was just like well i'm glad these guys the chiodo brothers got together and made a movie because totally so it's hard and and, you know big studio movies are they're not easy to make and anybody working on a big studio movie definitely deserves credit but like they they're a lot easier to make than you know independent horror so i i don't know i it's not a good movie i i don't recommend watching it twice for sure because Uh watching it the second time all you see is the flaws (laughs) like that's it yeah so yeah it's a bad movie (laughs) but i am really excited about the next movie that we're going to be covering on the show which is a really fucking good movie so as we are um when this comes out this will be the last week of october and that means the next episode will be the first week in no vampire no vampire which yeah to celebrate the month of november here me and old steve arino here on dead and lovely are going to be doing a whole month full of vampire flicks that you guys our dead and lovely listeners have voted on in a poll that old steve started on our facebook fan group uh dead and lovely horror podcast over on facebook uh where you guys helped us narrow down the results of um how many how many movies did you put up there about a dozen or so i put 10 10 10 uh, 10 different there, there are five uh wednesdays in november and our podcast comes out on wednesdays in case you're wondering Boom. So we've narrowed it down to five different vampire flicks for the month of No Vampire. And we're going to be kicking it off with one of my one of my favorite movies of all time. Not just one of my favorite vampire movies, but one of my favorite movies, period. It's Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I think is just a beautiful and fucking incredible movie. You guys are just basically going to be hearing me gush for like fucking three hours. <laughs> You're going to hear me saying, I know Kung Fu. A lot, oh so. man <laughs> and dude it's like come on it's a fucking vampire movie yeah with tom with tom waits in it dude yeah it's it's a good movie for sure the man who pinned the namesake of our podcast dead and lovely oh man and hopefully he doesn't sue us <laughs> <laughs> i sure fucking hope not <laughs> anyway uh i haven't seen this movie in a long long time so really yeah i'm excited uh gosh 
it's it's been uh, uh quite a while and i'm i'm excited to get back to it i do remember liking it a lot the last time i watched it yeah and i i know it's i mean it's different it's weird it's got some it's fucking weird it got some real strangeness to it and i would say is probably just from my memory influenced uh by giallo films and yeah i can see that in a lot of ways yeah it has that weird dreamy kind of thing going yeah too. and and uh, you know we've we've discussed some giallo films in this and we'll discuss more in the future Fuck but yeah. uh I, I really like that aesthetic i like uh i i would have sworn before we ever did this podcast that i don't like that overwrought like uh very sort of campy almost but like very artistically driven yeah. and melodramatic like i i would have sworn i hated that but i, I i've discovered it can be done really well oh, and i think I bram stoker's it. dracula is one of those so we'll do it next week do you have the dvd that shows you all the special features and making of and shit no i do not is, uh, if you can it find it, it on youtube dude if you can find it on youtube or something like I would actually really suggest that you watch the behind the scenes stuff before you watch the movie because it's okay. going to make you appreciate it 10 times over. Like cool. Without giving too much away, basically the way that the the movie was filmed, they could have made that movie in like 1920. Like all of the special effects wow. and yeah, like all of the special effects and stuff that you see on screen are things that could have been done like a hundred years ago. Like it's all simple stuff like multiple exposures on film, um, you know, jump cuts and stuff like that. There's one or two exceptions to that, but basically they worked extremely hard to keep uh -huh. all the special effects and stuff in this movie in camera. Like even the scenes where wow. like, you remember that scene where Keanu Reeves is like on the train and He's like you can see the landscape passing by in the background, and you see like Dracula's eyes and stuff. Uh huh. And Agent Smith comes out, and he's like, hey, "Mr. Anderson, yeah, red um, pill, etc." <laughs> that scene and the way they film that is like butt fucking insane. It's nuts to see the links they went to because it's all in camera. There's nothing crazy about how they did it it's all the definition of practical so do watch the special features and stuff and see how they made it because it'll make you appreciate that movie um 10 times more than you probably already do so y'all be sure to tune in next week for Bram stoker's dracula as part of our first installment of no vampire now steve in the meantime where can they find us on them social medias and how can they get a hold of us if they want to suggest some movies and shit we ought to cover yeah, um, well, you can always email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Love getting mm. those emails. Uh, mm -hmm. Shout out to John, who's emailed us a few times, but definitely has some of the best emails I've gotten, John. for sure. Shout out to John Latour. Uh, at deadlovelypod on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, we post every day. Twitter, eh, sometimes. And Sometimes. Then, yeah, and then uh, our Facebook group is uh, Dead and Lovely Pod. Uh, it's pretty awesome. A lot of people it is. contributing there. It's awesome. And um, if you want to find me, of course, uh, I don't do a whole lot of social media since I do the social media for this podcast. But uh, oh, yeah. you, can, you can find me on Twitter at Steven Spratling. 
Uh, Steven with a V, the only way to spell it. Pro move. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Ben Eller Guitars, all one word. And of course, you can find my YouTube channel on youtube.com slash Ben Eller Guitars. Thank you guys so much for listening. And please be sure to go on iTunes, rate and review this podcast with a G-rated review. They won't post potty mouth language like how we use. So don't fucking do no cussing. Yeah, you can, of course, post. This podcast is like Brussels sprouts. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> that helps us a lot, so please be sure to go and rate and review. I've seen a whole bunch of good reviews pop up here recently, so thank yeah, you guys so much yeah. for everyone who's contributed to that. That helps us out a ton. Well, in the meantime, we have been dead and lovely, and you guys have just been fucking great for sitting here and listening to us gab about uh, our favorite and least favorite horror movies. So thank you guys so much for listening, and stay tuned for another fun episode coming up next week. Have a good week, y'all. Good night. Bye. My apologies. Fuck Delilah. <laughs> it had to come back. <laughs>